0: Hey everyone, this is Gabby, and Karim, and you're listening to the making of an incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health.
1: Tune in each week to hear us talk about the journey of getting into med schools.
0: From GAMSAT to medical interviews, get the insider scoop from med students who have done it all before. So So stay stay tuned tuned and get ready to get get med ready. (laughs)
1: Hi guys, welcome back to the MMI mini series where we will run through some mock MMI stations. Before we get started, I'd like to do an acknowledgement of country. So I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which I am recording today. For me personally, that is the Yoruba Yori people, and I'd like to pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and emerging. For today, the type of station that we have is an ethics station. It's quite a difficult station uh, in terms of the timing. There is one minute reading time and. Uh, One minute per question. The student today is Josh and the examiner is Bella and the station is as follows. You are a rural GP working in a clinic in eastern Victoria. On a night off while enjoying an anniversary dinner with your wife, you receive a call from one of your registrars who's a student doctor. Her name is Emma and they let you know that a patient has been vomiting blood. Emma sounds extremely concerned on the phone and asks for advice. The first question is, what are some of the ethical concerns here?
2: Yeah, so this is quite a complicated situation. I think there are three main ethical concerns that I have. Um, the first is that because this is a phone consultation and this is a rural setting, potentially Emma, the student, Dr. Hare, is there by herself and she's therefore you know going to be a little bit over her head as she's clearly very distressed and therefore I'd be worried about, you know, the the health outcome of this patient. Are they in good hands? Are they gonna be okay? And am I able to adequately provide that consultation over the phone? Uh, The second concern is that um, because it's a rural setting and this kind of links to the first point, you know, Emma's probably there and there might not be anyone else around that she can rely on at this particular time of night. Perhaps everyone else is off and she's unable to find someone else. In which case, you know, that could be quite problematic and then the third issue is that uh, I am a rural GP enjoying my dinner with my wife. So obviously I'm trying to have some downtime. It's really important for doctors to relax and you know um, look after themselves so they don't burn out. Uh, and in this particular case, taking one call should be fine. But if this is a regular occurrence that could potentially wear me down and that's not good for you know, the health of our doctors and the outcomes of our patients.
0: The next question is, what would you say to Emma?
2: Yeah, so I think I would say, hey, like, are you okay? Is everything okay? You sound a bit distressed. Maybe just take a breath and reorientate yourself and then give me the facts. Um, I would listen to what she has to say. Once I have a better grasp of the situation, you know, obviously I'd ask all the clinical questions I would need to sort of get a better picture from, you know, from a teleconference. And then I would sort of advise her on the general steps she can take, um, I've also made the assumption that there's no one else around, so I would also encourage her to you know, rely on her colleagues. Um, she's probably not a one-man team. Maybe there is someone else around, um, perhaps in a different department. But you know, any any doctor could you know, provide guidance in this particular problem, and uh, just you know, encourage her, you know, reassure her that she's she's been trained for multiple years, she knows what she's doing. Um, with the help of a colleague, I'm sure she's going to be able to handle it. But if she does truly feel over her head, um, I might be able to come in, um, and I think that's going to be on a case-by-case basis
0: your third and final question is is it your obligation to attend this patient in person
2: It's quite a difficult question i think generally speaking um, even if someone is not your patient as a doctor you sort of have this code of ethics and this professional obligation to look after all the patients at a clinic or a hospital—that's um, sort of a code you're bound by—and then as such, you know, if you saw a person fall over in the street, you know, if they're not your patient, you have a sort of duty to help them, of course, because of you know the training that you've had and so on. But then at the same time, it can also understand why, you know, a, a rural GP who's likely you know responsible uh, for long hours with limited resources might feel the need to you know um enjoy their off time and being called in constantly could really burn them out it could cause you know um physician burnout physician ideation suicide ideation all sorts of you know rough things and so you know personal care and well-being is also very important Um, in terms of this case scenario on a one-off basis i think he does the rural gp here he does have an obligation to turn up if
1: there is an emergency and his expertise is required You have about one minute left. Is there anything you'd like to ask? Or any other questions you'd like to revisit?
2: Um, I probably didn't comment on the fact that the patient has been vomiting blood. So just, I guess, really quickly on that, um, it doesn't sound like this is a minor thing. Vomiting blood is pretty serious. It probably indicates, you know, some some pathology that we need to look at. And you know, perhaps I didn't indicate it before. That this is quite a serious thing and therefore you know of course you know my heart goes out to the patient i'm really concerned about her safety and then all my decisions would be seen through that lens but that's the only thing i wanted to ask
0: how do you feel you went with that
2: uh yeah the question caught me kind of off guard i guess i wasn't mm-hmm. expecting that particular question which is stupid because you know you shouldn't expect any kind of question um but i think I was okay, maybe a little bit rushed for the second one. I think I mm-hmm. got a bit nervous, spoke a bit fast. Um, yeah. I think I'm happy with my logic and the things I would do. Um, but perhaps mm-hmm. like like I added at the end, I could have shown more empathy to the patient. I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with all of those things. I think um, the thing that stood out for me that you did really well was also your structures. Like you came in, um, especially that first question, you said your first thing was, I think, one of the first things you said was like what you've got to think about the patient in this scenario that's always number one that's 100% what medicine is all about the patient is number one so that was a great intro and then you had the structure very clearly of like three things you were going to talk about so I think that was really good um in the so question number two which was a which was what would you say to Emma I really like that you said reassurance initially I think that's really good the registrar is clearly flustered and stressed and I think that's your job as the senior doctor in that situation to provide reassurance and um I would probably uh yeah I think definitely advise going in I think if someone's stressed I think it's probably a pretty good indication that you need to go in um I think and you mentioned that so that was good and then in question three um is it your obligation to attend this person this patient in person yeah you made that really clear again that you believe it is your duty as a doctor, you've um, got that professional code, of, professional code of conduct. And so I thought that was good. Like, your, I think your content, sorry, i saying, your content was very good. Your ideas were good. I agree in terms of areas of improvement. I think you could flesh it out a bit more. You had a minute to play with. So definitely um, look into those ideas a bit more. Another thing that I think is probably jumping out at me when I read that stem is that out for dinner, I always just think maybe there's alcohol involved. I think it's something important to touch on, just assess if the doctor has been drinking alcohol, like what capacity, what state they are in, are they able to provide help? Um, what else do I wanna say? Sorry, let me just think. Um, Another thing is, like, um, where would, you know, privacy of the patient, confidentiality of the patient, where would you discuss this case? Like, if you're at a restaurant, you're going to take that phone call at the table, you're going to take it outside. Um, Yeah, and I think certainly in terms of the obligation, once you pick up that phone and accept that patient, speak to I think really, yeah, you emphasise that the duty is, I think you were saying that, but just emphasise that the duty is to care for the patient. And also, that might not necessarily be escalating the care. You know, if this patient is 99 from a nursing home with end stage liver liver disease, maybe maybe they don't need escalation of care. it quite can be quite a complicated situation. But it just all comes back to what the patient's goals are, and yeah, you being able to see that full clinical picture. I think you did that really well. Just flesh out flesh out those ideas that you you had in there. Cool.
2: Thanks for that. Um, can I get some feedback on my tone or delivery as well?
0: Yeah, I thought that was good. I thought you saw it very clearly, slowly. Um, I thought yeah. It sounded very empathetic. All your answers were very patient focused and person person focused. And also including the doctor's mental health and stuff. So, that's clearly a big sort of systemic issue. And you brought that up Could possibly mention that it, as you were saying, it's the one off occasion. But then the systemic implication of that, because it's in all likelihood rural GP probably not going to be a one off occasion, like how do we bring in some of those systemic factors?
2: Yeah, fair enough. Thanks, Bella.
0: Any, do you have any questions?
2: Um, no, I think the feedback was really comprehensive, so my mind's actually just blank right now.
0: <laughs> That's fine. Let well, us know.
1: So there we have it. That was a station run by Bella and our student, Josh. Hope you guys learned something useful today. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to our email at info at hallerttohealth.org. The station was quite difficult, but overall I hope that you guys found it useful. Hallett to Health is currently running some mock MMI training, which is actually run by real medical students who have sat through the process before. If you're looking for MMI practice in Melbourne, consider signing up via our website at halletttohealth.org. See you guys next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Making of an Incredible MD podcast by Halide to Health. Please like, share, and subscribe to help spread the word about our podcast. And we'd love to hear your feedback. So send us an email or message on Facebook. All of our links are in the show notes. Thanks. We'll see you next time.